Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. So we've spent the last several weeks uh, talking about the holy life. Uh, I, I started by letting the, the cat out of the bag. Um, we've kind of been talking about the holy life all year long, as we've talked about the invitation from Jesus Christ, who, who stands alongside of us and, and, and says, along with the disciples, who, who got into the, the same rhythms, the same practices, the same pursuits, the same appetites as the world. And Jesus said, that's not how... That's not how we live. That's not how we act. That's not how we behave. We don't, we don't clamor for the seats of power. We don't clamor for the prestige and the significant spot at the table. Um, he's been saying that to us all year long. Uh, and, and that's kind of been our, our call to the holy life as we've gone through this year of twenty. 22. I can't believe it's near the end of November. I can't believe that Advent starts up next week. But, but every time we've heard Jesus saying those words to us, and, and often at the, at the end of my sermon, I'll, 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 I've closed with the same kind of shtick, right? Like, do you hear the words of Jesus inviting you into this place saying, not so with you? That's been our call to the holy life as we've gone throughout this year. Uh, and Jesus does that. I hope Jesus does that in your life. Jesus does that in my life sometimes. And, and sometimes I, I'm able to step into that fairly well. And other times I'm kind of going, oh, I know, Jesus. <laughs> I know. But it's his invitation to us for a new way of life, a, a higher calling, a, re, a realization that the world tends to head in, in a certain direction in, in, in this way. And Jesus invites us in another direction and says, not so with you. We started out this kind of short four-week series with a, with a bold statement, with a bold statement about the holy life. The holy life is possible. <laughs> It's possible, and we have to know that. We have to believe that, and I think a lot of times when people hear that word holy, people kind of step back and, well, not, not me. I mean, we can talk about being holy, but that's for, like, the saints, or that's for far-off people, really impressive people, certainly not the preacher, you know, but... but um, we distance ourselves. We distance ourselves from that description, from that adjective. And I, I paused for a moment just considering why that might be this week. 
I think, I think there's a measure of protection in doing that. There's some, there, there's some protection from saying, I, I don't want to miss the mark. I don't want to fail. I don't want to not measure up to that word. <laughs> for us cynics, we might say, well, it's, it's more realism, Freeberg. It's more, we're just being realistic here uh, as, I, as I see it. We just don't see ourselves in that description of being holy. But Scripture teaches that, that we can be holy. Scripture teaches that we can be holy. Even the, the Scripture reading today, be ye holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy, and my work in your life is to shape you and to help you become more like me. We can be consecrated holy. We can surrender control. Um, in, in, in membership class this past Wednesday, we talked about um, one of the article of faith that, that focuses on, on holiness and what that means, what it means to live a sanctified, set-apart life for Christ. So after we talked about it being possible for the next two weeks, we kind of had some practical tips and ways of, of what, it, what a holy life might look like. Talked about the holy life is accountable. The holy life is teachable, which are both important ingredients to living the holy life. As we wrap it up today, we're going to turn to uh, the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, actually. It's right at the beginning of your Bible. Um, a lot of people know, know the order of the books, but a lot, even more people know the first book of the Bible is Genesis. So in this first chapter of the Bible, we're going to turn and look today. Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26 and reading through uh, verse 31. For those who are willing and able, I invite you to stand out of reverence for the reading of God's word this morning. A reading from Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26, and reading through the first half of verse 31. Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image to resemble us, so that they may take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on the earth. Verse 27, God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them. Male and female, God created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give to you all the plants on the earth that yield seeds and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. These will be your food. To all the wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. And that's what happened. God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. So today, the title of my message is, and you're not going to understand, many of you won't understand this. Today, the title of my message is, The Holy Life is Tove. Tove. T-O-V. 
Tov. Now, it's just not nice. It's not fair to me to, to title something without explaining it if it's a, from a language that you're not familiar with. Tov is a Hebrew word. Tov is a Hebrew word, uh, and, and I introduced it into the, the title. Now, some of you will recognize that word. Some of you will have heard that word before. Um, not this past year, but the year before, I had the church board read a book that had the word Tov in the title, a church called Tov. Tov is the Hebrew word for good. Tob is the Hebrew word for good. Uh, when we say it was supremely good in the Hebrew, it's, I'll just translate the one word, it, it was supremely tov, good. And so you say, well, why, why, aren't you, why aren't you just use the word good, Trent? Come on, you don't have to throw out them Hebrew words here. Um, I struggle with that word good. The, the word good is like, it's way, it's used way too common. Okay, I, I remember like talent talent uh, uh, evaluations, right? And and you get a little sheet back, and and like it had the different classifications, and, and like down at the very bottom was good. Like good was the worst that you could get. It's like good. Oh, you were good. Then you were great. Oh, you're fantastic. You're excellent you know, supremely wonderful. Um, good was like at the end of the scale. It was like, the, the, well, you're good, but uh, the word tov, as it translates to good, is so much more intense than that. It's, it's in, the, in the guts good, right? Like deeply and, and significantly good. Beneficial to all, advantageous for the whole. It was good for all of creation. Now we just read an example of the word tov used in scripture. Tov is the word to use tov is a word used to describe what God saw in the midst of creation. God saw light and it was tov. God saw land and sea and it was tov. Plants was tov. Day and night was tov. Sea creatures and birds even land animals were tov. I'm not a big animal guy, but God saw it and said, it was good. And here, the, the narrator of Genesis, and Genesis is a, a tricky book. Genesis is, is a book that we need to be, to be careful of here. But, but the narrator of Genesis gets to the end and arrives at, at the point where humankind is to be created. And it changes. And no longer is it good. No longer is it in the guts good. But he changes it and says very good, supremely good, supremely tov. The author of the book that I had the, the church board read, Scott McKnight, says this. It was very good. It's like saying, very well done. At the end of creation, after humankind was created, he said, this is perfect. Everything's in harmony. It's in balance. This is exactly how I wanted it to look. What a masterpiece at the end of creation. For it was in this moment of creation, in the first chapter, Genesis 1 narrative of creation, at the start of our story, we were created whole and good and tove and balanced and beautiful. 
when I had first kind of mapped out this series, I had, I had put on this, this first or this final, final message that I was going to give to you. I put the holy life is, is beneficial or the, the holy life is right, the right way to live. The holy life is, is a good thing. But I really feel what I, what, I, what I really believe is the holy life is a return to that moment when God looked upon creation after introducing male and female to that story. The holy life is a return to that magnificent, balanced intention that we read about in Genesis chapter 1. Let's look a, look a little closer today at the, the text as we move forward. Many of us are, are probably familiar with Genesis chapter 1. Has anyone ever re- read Genesis chapter 1 before? I, I, remember, I, I remember oftentimes as a kid, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through the Bible. I'm going to get through it this year, right? Where do you start? You start Genesis chapter 1 and you read through it and you have this, this familiar, familiar narrative of what it looks like. As the world is created. Now, the familiarity with Genesis chapter 1 is kind of a double-edged sword, right? It's advantageous because we know the story. We, We know what it looks like. We've heard these words before. It's familiar to us. We understand it. But it's also a hurdle to overcome. Because sometimes we read through the familiar a little quicker. Sometimes we come to the scripture and say, okay, I've heard this before. It's in those moments I think we have to slow down and catch some things. Be aware, be mindful of what we're reading. The first thing I, I noticed, and, and you don't notice this unless you look previous to the section that we read together. Uh, when, it, when the narrative comes to this place, there are different words that are used. If you look back in Genesis chapter 1 and verses 3 and 6 and 9 and 11 and 14 and 20, at the, at the moments of creation in this account, the words are, let there be. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, let there, again, God said, let there be light, right? Let there be. And even earlier, on, on the sixth day of creation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 24, the same words are used, let there be, or let this happen. And here in 26, there's, there's something different. Different words are used. And, and, and somehow in, 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 in the ways that God chose to create humanity, he said, let us make. Not this static let there be, not okay, let there be this and let there be that. But in this moment, there, there, there's a change of word. Something different was happening in this moment. And God's words are, let us make humanity. Now, there's all sorts of discussion about what what this means and and who this us is. Who is God talking to in this moment? Uh, Does creation participate in in this creation? Is, Is God speaking back into the creation that had already been formed at that time. Is this a Trinitarian comment? Do we realize from John chapter 1 that Jesus was present there in creation? Is this some sort of Trinity kind of teaming up and saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to make humanity together? Is there involvement of 
heavenly counselor, heavenly participants in this moment. We don't really know. And I have no answers for you today, but it's significant that in this moment, this is a change. And this is an involved moment in this story of creation. What we do know is that these words of creation are not the only difference. Not only let us make, but also God created humankind in God's own image. We know this. We've heard this before. Nothing else gets that designation or that recognition in this account of creation. We also see that the man and woman were created together. They were alike in bearing the image of God. That there is no separation between man and woman when it comes to the image of God being placed in us. There is no separation. In this instance, this rendering of the creation narrative, it's all in the same moment. I think that's beautiful. If you look over in Genesis chapter 2, the, the, the description of the arrival of man and the arrival of woman is a little different. But in this moment, we are both male and female created in God's image with no difference. I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful thing. I think that's fantastic. I, I love that in, in the Church of Nazarene, we, we support the calling of men and women into ministry. Because I think that God places his image in all of us. And that as men and as women, we have the opportunity to respond to the calling that God has placed upon our lives. To speak out the truth of God's image placed in our hearts, regardless of whether... We're male or female. We bear no difference in that regard. In that regard of the image of God placed in us, we are united. And the text, as we go through this story, as we go through Genesis chapter 1, we're, follows up with this charge upon humanity, which had just been created. <laughs> we're created, we're given a job to care for, to tend to the earth that had been created. And in this final moment of creative action by God, this final phrase of the Genesis 1 creation account says this, God saw everything that he had made, even us, even men, even women. God looked upon all he had made and said, it was supremely good. It was supremely tov. It all came together to be a very beautiful, very wholesome, wholesomely good thing. And I truly believe that our journey towards holiness, our journey towards what God is calling us to in this holy life is the very same thing. It's a journey back to that moment, a journey back to our original design, a journey back to the way that God intended for us to be. Our lives becoming more holy is, our, is a journey towards us becoming more whole. Those two words are, are eerily similar, right? Holy and, and to be whole. 
to live whole lives, to view our lives through a holy lens, the way that God wants us to live is to see them holistically or completely pointed towards Christ, toward the purpose of our creation, the very way in which we were introduced into this world with God's image stamped upon us, ready to live as God intended for us to live. Again, when I had started this series, was, was thinking about how to, to wrap this four weeks up, I, I started thinking that I'd end up with something like, the, the holy life is, is beneficial, is actually what I wrote on the page the first time I had kind of sketched this out. And it changed, I couldn't find the right word, so I chose something Hebrew, so you know I could make it what I wanted. But I went from beneficial to, to prosperous, or beautiful, or amazing, or I, I wanted to use all these flowery words. It's the best way to live. And I don't want to discount that at all, but I couldn't find the right word. Even good didn't seem right to me. And, and I came to this point as I, was, as I was thinking about all these different words that I was trying out. It always felt like it was turning into kind of a a good deal for the person who was trying to live that way. It always turned into this, well, it, it, it'll be beneficial if you live, like, like I'm trying to sell you a car or uh, sell you a good vacuum cleaner or something. It's, it's going to be good for you. Come on, try the holy life. You know, it's going to be great, Mac. It really will. Come on, you're going to love it. It'll be great. And here's the deal. The motivation for responding to Christ's call to live a holy life must necessarily, it has to not be a selfish thing. It cannot be a selfish motivation. That when I, when I said the holy life is beneficial, when I said it was, was good, when it was prosperous or beautiful or amazing, I'm not trying to talk you into something that benefits you. I believe it will benefit you. I believe it is a good thing. I believe it is a beautiful and balanced gorgeous thing for us to live that way. But at the heart of it, we can't be selfish in our pursuit of living the holy life. For the selfishness will bear itself out in our lives. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about getting something out of this whole deal. It is tov for all when it is good for all. It's good for the world, for all of creation. It is the fulfillment of the purposes for which we were created. Likewise, and this is strange too, but the holy life, while it's not just about you and me, 
I think the opposite is true too. The strangest part is that it cannot be a a benevolent pursuit either. I want to be holy for the the neighbor that I have next to me. I want to be holy for the person sitting beside me. I want to be holy to, to be a blessing for those around me. Necessarily, again, it cannot be about another person, about the lost, about the lonely, or about the marginalized, about those that need a friend, about the one who is grieving. The call to live the holy life that God has intended for us is a return to the very intention of creation, to that moment in which as God created the world, he created man and woman and put his image into us, stamped his image upon us. And the call to live the holy life is a return to that moment where God saw all that he had made and said, this, this is how we're supposed to be. This is supremely tov and what we were meant to be. I love the church, the Nazarene. That's why I'm a Nazarene pastor. One of the things I most appreciate is that we call people to that point where they say, you can respond in the power and grace of the Holy Spirit to this call that God has placed on our lives to be holy. To live that way, to return back to the intention and the purposes that God has made for us. As we close today, I'm going to invite the praise team to come forward. In this world and in this life that we live, we are, we're pulled. We're pulled in directions. We're, we're pushed and pulled in all sorts of directions in the world today. Sometimes toward <laughs> anger. Sometimes toward overconsumption. Sometimes towards fear. Sometimes towards uh, violence defensiveness towards apathy towards greed towards covetousness I believe that we can set ourselves apart from all of those pullings (laughs) we can set ourselves apart for the work of the Holy Spirit to come in and say I I don't want to live that way I want to follow the, the call of Christ upon my life to live a different way that we can completely surrender to God and say, make me wholly yours. Make me fully and completely yours in our lives. And that choice, that call, that, that, that decision to live that way is a moment that we sit down and say, God, I need your help. I can't, I'm, I'm not strong enough. I can't figure this out. I'm not good enough. I, 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 won't, I won't be able to make this step on my own. And, and, and in that moment, as we do that, we're not done growing. We're not, we haven't finished the race. We're not perfect in that moment. But we find our place in a, we find ourselves in a place of fresh newness, of, of 
new connectedness with God. I don't believe God wants us to struggle back and forth with sin, to be caught up in the, in the cycles of, of sin, repent, forgiveness, rinse, wash, <laughs> repeat. God doesn't want that for us. We can decide today to return to what God intended as he stamped his image upon humankind, both men and women. And he invites us to that today. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray. Some of you today maybe need to, to pray that prayer. Some of you today maybe need to say, God, I've been, I've been struggling with this back and forth for so long. I want to set myself aside for your purposes, just as you intended in that moment when, when we were all created and you said, this is supremely good. This is what I want for my children. Maybe today you need to pray that prayer. We have places up here, altars that you can pray at. You can also pray in your seat. That's okay. There's something about coming forward and saying, God, meet me in this place. For I want today to set my life apart for your work in my life. If you wish to come and pray, you certainly can do that. Because God wants us to live that holy life that he offers and extends to us. Let's pray together. Lord, Father, today we acknowledge your, your goodness in our life. We acknowledge this, this story of, of how you intended us to be and, and the life that you intended for us to live, God. Today we, we remember, we read about this moment in, in this creation story where it all came together. At the end of the sixth day in the, in the first creation account, God, you looked upon all that was there and you said, this is extremely good. I pray in our lives that you would help us to live that way, that you would help us to come to that point where our lives can reflect your original creation and your original intention for, for who we are and how we're called to live. I'm so grateful that you give us the power to not be stuck in that, in that battle of sin and repentance, brokenness, God, but that you allow us and make it possible for us to live holy lives. I pray today that we as your children might live that way. The sense of consistency, a sense of, of belief, a sense of hope and joy. Pray for those that struggle. Pray for those that are caught in some of those destructive habits and those cycles, God. Today, you are not 
wanting them to feel broken or out of place or misshapen or, or guilty, God. But today you are extending to them a hand that says, I want for you to experience what it means to set your life apart, to be fully consecrated over to you. Would you be with us this week? Would you be with us as we strive to live as you intended for us to live? Would you help us each day to live that holy life that is possible by the power of your Holy Spirit? We pray in Christ's name. Amen. This is the possible, accountable, teachable, and tov holy life to which we have been called. It's the life that Jesus has been calling us toward all year long. In our ear, not so with you. Amen. I'm so grateful for the God that, that allows us and enables us to live that way in our lives. Uh, as I offer a prayer of benediction, those who are willing and able, would you please stand? Um, and in our church, we kind of have this tradition of just holding out our hands as a physical reminder that we receive this benediction, one of my favorites um, this morning. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond all we could ask or imagine, even by making us holy. All we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and always. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church of the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.